welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez, and in this episode, we are going to discuss all things organic, grass-fed, and free-range. I get a lot of questions about these topics. People are constantly asking me, is it worth spending the extra money to buy organic, to buy grass-fed beef, to buy free-range eggs? And that's what we're going to discuss on this episode today. Before we get started, if you haven't already left a review for the show and you enjoy the show and you're tuning in every week, I would really appreciate it if you would go leave a review. I'm seeing a lot of reviews come in. I, I really appreciate those of you who have left a review. This is what helps the show reach more people and helps people to, when they look at the show and they see, they look it up, they see, oh, there's a lot of positive reviews. This may be something that I want to listen to. So I really appreciate those of you who have left reviews. And then I want to encourage those of you who haven't, who are regularly listening to just spend a couple of minutes right now and go do that. Another thing I want to mention, I have a healthy habits coaching program that I run with my friend, Alex Engel. You've probably seen me tag him if you follow me on social media. But this coaching program, we take in a couple of clients at the beginning of every month. We cap it at five clients each month. And it's a pretty intensive coaching program in terms of you're getting personalized nutrition guidance from myself. You're getting personalized training plan from Alex and you're getting follow up feedback check ins, all of that good stuff. So if you may be interested in that, if you go to dradrianchavez.com forward slash coaching, you can find more information about that there. Or you can click on the link in the bio if you're interested in putting in an application. We, like I said, we only take clients at the beginning of each month. We take a small group at the beginning of each month so that we can make sure that we can serve you and work closely with each person. And this is something that may be really, really helpful for some. Most of you definitely don't need it, but there's some of you, if you're struggling with getting consistent with your nutrition, you don't know what to eat, you're kind of confused. You need help getting consistent with an exercise training plan. You have, you know, very little background in resistance training and you want to start doing a resistance training. This program would be incredible for you if you fit those criteria. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the content of the episode. We are going to first start off by discussing organic produce and then we're going to talk about packaged foods that are organic and then we're going to discuss grass-fed beef and caged and pastured eggs and those topics as well. This is going to be a short-ish episode compared to some of the others because I just really want to make the points that need to be made, cover the topic. The research is, as you'll see, there's a lot of gray area in this, in this field and help you to take home some conclusions that help you make decisions that you feel confident in at the grocery store. So first thing I want to discuss is a paper that was published in 2014. And this was looking at the nutritional composition of organic versus conventionally grown produce. And the paper, it's titled Higher Antioxidant and Lower Cadmium Concentrations and Lower Incidence of Pesticide Residues in Organically Grown Crops. It's a systematic review and meta-analyses. In this paper, they took 343 studies and they looked at the nutrient content and pesticide residues and compared organic versus conventional. One thing to note, most of these papers were from Europe. And so the standards for organic, the standards for conventionally grown produce, 
they vary between country to country and it's a little bit different in the U.S. So we can look at this information and gain a little bit of value from it. But the reality is, and this is why I said there's gray area a second ago, is there's just so much variation in how different organic foods are grown and how different conventionally grown foods are produced. And then also soil quality and other things that can impact nutrient content, can impact various aspects of the produce. And these things just are highly variable between regions, between countries, between different sources, even within regions and countries. So it's really difficult to make really strong, concrete conclusions based on some of this data. But in this study, they looked at the antioxidant capacity of the fruits and vegetables in organic versus conventional, and they found that the organic produce had 17% higher antioxidants. So total antioxidant levels were 17% higher in the organic foods. And this was mainly among fruits and less so among vegetables. So a lot of these differences in this particular study were seen among fruits more so than vegetables. And so the antioxidant capacity was a little bit higher. And there's also higher amounts of various uh, phytonutrient compounds. So fruits and vegetables, discussed this before, but if you haven't heard me talk about it, there are thousands and thousands of compounds that are found in fruits and vegetables. And many of these different compounds have shown to have potential health effects, things like flavanols and polyphenols and things like that. And there's so many of these compounds. And they looked at several of these compounds in these various studies and found that in most cases, there was no detectable differences between organic and conventional. But then there were other cases where they were showing you know, 19% to 50%-ish higher amounts of these specific phytonutrient compounds in the organic produce. And this is what's probably improving the antioxidant capacity of the organically grown foods in these studies. Another thing that they found in these studies was that pesticide residues were found in only 11% of organically grown produce as opposed to 46% of conventionally grown produce. And one misconception that a lot of people have is that organic foods don't use pesticides. There are pesticides that are approved for use in organic food production. So produce that is certified organic will still have pesticides, but these pesticides are natural versus synthetic. And I know I've discussed this as well before, but just because something is natural doesn't mean it's healthier or safer. And some of the organically grown pesticides are known highly toxic compounds, just like some of the conventionally grown pesticides. And the amounts of organically grown pesticides on food sometimes is often higher due to the fact that they don't work as well. So yes, there's definitely lower pesticide residues on the organic, but something important to consider as well is that pesticide residues, at least in the US, I don't know how the standards work throughout the, throughout the rest of the world, but in the U.S., pesticide residues are regularly tested and the limits that are set for the residues are 1,000 times lower than what has been shown to cause any negative health effect in animal studies. So we can't really test the safety of these residues in human studies because you can't expose people to high amounts of pesticide residues and see what happens. So in animal studies, what we do is we use exposures in animal studies and we look at the exposure levels and see what happens. And when we detect 
any negative health implications of these pesticide exposures, then those limits are set at 1,000 times below that level. Now, ideally, of course, and, and I hear this all the time, like we should just grow food without pesticides. That's great. Sounds amazing. But the reality is that we need to grow lots of food and pests are going to eat food and we have to keep pests off. And in order to prevent a lot of crop loss, we have to use pesticides. And this is just a part of feeding a population. There's going to be pros and cons to some of the things that we have to do to acquire food. The alternative is not having enough produce because we don't use pesticides and we have lots of crop loss and produce prices go dramatically up and most people aren't, you know, it's just not accessible for a lot of people. And that's not ideal. That's worse than getting exposed to small amounts of pesticides. This is the issue sometimes as people create this, this narrative around, okay, well, we shouldn't be exposed to these things at all. And that's great, but, but that's not reality. That's not how things actually work in real life. In real life, we have to feed 7 billion people on the planet. In real life, feeding 7 billion people requires doing certain things like applying pesticides to these foods in order to be able to do so. And so this is really important because you'll see people all the time make this argument like, well, we shouldn't use pesticides at all. And I posted about pesticides recently and, you know, I had this comment several times. We shouldn't be using them at all. And again, just sounds great in theory, but in reality, this is just not feasible. And so the pesticide residues are going to be lower on organically grown produce as opposed to conventionally grown produce based on this study. Another thing that was found in this research was that the cadmium concentrations, and you heard that in the title, cadmium concentrations were higher in the conventionally grown produce versus the organic. All other you know, toxic metals and, and things like that were the same between conventionally and organically grown produce. So, you know, the, the differences, there's differences. Like, I'm not going to say that they're exactly the same. There are detectable differences, but they're minor. And one of the things you may be asking, because this is something that I hear about all the time as well, is the Environmental Working Group. And they've put out every single year, the EWG, they put out a clean 15 and a dirty dozen. And they, and they name the, the quote unquote dirtiest foods or dirtiest produce and the cleanest produce that you can purchase. And what this group is doing, number one, this group is funded by organic food manufacturers. One of the purposes of this group is to get people to purchase more organic. Number two, what they're doing is they're just counting the number of different pesticide residues that were detectable on the crops. So for example, the highest amount is typically like strawberry spinach, and they're not looking at the amount, and they're not looking at the toxicity. They're just saying, hey, this one has four different pesticide residues. This one has seven. Seven is higher than four. This is the dirtiest one. But it could be that it has seven, but they're at extremely low quantities compared to this other one that has four that's at extremely high quantities. And the one that has four has more toxic, you know, pesticide residues that are more toxic. And, and that makes it, you know, much more harmful. And so this list is complete garbage. Like I don't recommend paying attention to this list at all because it, it is not a valid way to assess the safety of a food or the health effect of a food. 
So another thing that I want to talk about with regard to pesticides before we move on to discussing a little bit more about packaged foods is pesticide residues will be reduced through shipping, through storage, like the amount of residue on the food will go down over time. And also we can wash off the vast majority of pesticide residues. So even though they're set at low levels, we can still wash off even those small amounts by just soaking our produce in warm water, 10 to 15 minutes. So say, for example, you go buy groceries, you bought some strawberries and you bought some apples where you can just you know, fill up your sink or fill up a, you know, a, big, a big bowl or something like that, fill it up with warm water and soak the produce in there. It's more effective if you add a bit of baking soda. There's multiple studies that have done this. One gram per liter is about the amount that's been used to help to reduce pesticide residue, but that's a more effective wash is to add a little bit of baking soda. So if you're really concerned about this, then you can go ahead and you know wash your produce, add a little bit of baking soda. But these are complex decisions. So a lot of times I see this information being shared online and people are saying, hey, you have to buy organic, you have to buy organic. There's so much more to this decision-making process. Organic foods cost more. Organic foods are less accessible for some people. Depending on where you live in the country, you may not even have access to organic produce. And someone telling you that you have to buy organic produce may discourage you from actually eating produce. And that's, that's not good because all of the research. So when I talk about research, when, when I just, the, the benefits of fruit or the benefits of vegetables or foods that have shown positive impact on health, they're not using organic produce. In the studies, the vast majority of individuals who are experiencing health benefits from consuming fruits, vegetables, and other produce, they're consuming conventionally grown produce. And so the health benefits of produce are there regardless. And this is one of the issues that I have with people heavily promoting organic foods and making people feel like they have to eat organic is it tends to discourage people and it tends to scare people away from eating conventionally grown produce that is health promoting. So don't let that scare you away from eating produce. Produce that is organically grown is less accessible, more expensive. If you don't have the extra money to pay or you can't double your grocery bill, that's fine. You're still going to get benefit from eating the conventional produce. And the benefits of buying organic is marginal, you know, 20%-ish. If it's two times as much, if the conventionally grown strawberries are $2 and the organic are five, is it worth it? Or is it worth just buying two packs of the conventionally grown, washing them, and eating more strawberries? Because that's what fits within your budget. I'd say the latter is the more appropriate choice. Now, one of the things that I forgot to mention earlier is as I'm discussing this, and some of you may be thinking, oh, well, what about the environmental impact? What if... I am not an expert in these things. I am discussing nutrition alone. Now, there may be implications for environment, sustainability. Those are beyond the scope of my expertise. And truly, that's a really complicated discussion as well, because I've tried to read into this. I've looked at different experts discussing this, and there's some evidence that shows that conventionally grown produce may actually be better for the environment. And, and that sounds pretty crazy, but the organically grown produce, from what I've read, sometimes requires more land usage, and that can be a negative thing. And so that, again, is beyond the scope of my expertise. I recommend looking at other sources for information about that. We are just discussing nutrition today. So bottom line with produce, organic is going to have slightly higher nutrient content on average. 
it is going to have slightly lower pesticide residues on average. You can wash off the pesticide residues, the vast majority of them, on conventionally grown produce. And if the cost difference is substantial, you can just buy more conventionally grown produce and eat more in order to get more nutritional value from those foods. So don't feel like you absolutely have to buy organic. Buy what makes sense for your budget. Buy what makes sense for your own specific unique needs. I buy organic sometimes if the cost difference is marginal and if the organic produce looks better. So if I if the strawberries are $2 and $2.50 and then the organic strawberries just look better than the conventional, then I'll, I'll usually go with the organic. But if it's $2 and $4.50, I'm, I'm not even going to consider the organic. I'm just going to wash my strawberries and enjoy them and not even have a second guess about it. And I recommend you do the same. Pesticide residues, yes, it's not ideal for us to be consuming them. But the benefits of consuming produce outweigh the risk of being exposed to these residues, period. Okay, so next we're going to discuss packaged foods because packaged foods have specific guidelines around them when they're certified organic. So a certified organic packaged food is going to have no artificial preservatives, flavors, or dyes. Again, I mentioned a second ago, natural doesn't necessarily mean better than artificial. So these are some things that just to consider is in packaged foods, the dyes, the flavors, the preservatives aren't going to be there in organic. So some individuals may find that they have sensitivities to, to various preservatives or dyes or things like that. Now, on the whole, there's no avoiding these things is going to have a health benefit. They're in very small amounts. My recommendation is to eat most of your foods as whole, minimally processed foods. But of course, and I've discussed this in our processed food episode a few episodes back, incorporating processed foods into your diet is perfectly fine in the context of a nutritious diet that provides your needs and meets your needs. So if you're consuming, you know, processed foods and you're looking for, let's say, for example, a fruit roll-up versus like an organic version of a fruit roll-up, the organic version is not going to have the, the red 40 and the dyes and things like that. And you may find that you like to purchase those options better. And that's perfectly fine as well. Sometimes I purchase organic processed foods, and I tend to do that probably more often than than with like produce, because a lot of companies who go through the process of being certified organic, they just are more mindful about their ingredients. They're more mindful about, you know, the way that they produce the food. For example, I like to get Kashi's brand version of like the frosted mini wheats. I think they're called like cinnamon squares or something like that. The cereal, my son enjoys it. I enjoy it. And it has a lot more fiber than like, you know, frosted mini wheats has less sugar. I buy it. It's organic. I don't buy it because it's organic. I buy it for other reasons. So this is something with processed foods. Sometimes organic options are just those companies are more mindful about the stuff that they put in their food. And that can be a great thing. Okay. So that's just something to consider there. But overall, you know, with the processed foods, we want to minimize those anyway, or not completely avoid them, of course, but we want to make sure that they work within our diet and, and we're getting our needs met with, you know, mostly minimally whole unprocessed foods. And when you are buying processed foods, you know, make a decision about whether or not you want to buy organic based on your budget, based on the food, based on the taste, based on the factors that are important to you. And another thing that I want to discuss, um, so we've tried to see whether or not 
going organic, quote unquote, is you know, healthy. And there's been several human studies. So I talked about the nutrition, but there's been studies where we look at, you know, organic people who eat organic versus people who don't eat organic. And there, and you may see this, and this is why I want to mention it, is there are some studies that show that people who eat organic tend to have slightly lower rates of cancer than people who don't eat organic. And there's a couple of studies that have been done that have been published in it recently. And sometimes you'll see people cite these studies and say, this is why you have to eat organic. The reality is those differences are extremely minimal. And it's really hard to take into account the various factors that can be confounding this relationship. And when I say confounding, it's things besides the fact that people are eating organic that may be driving some of this relationship. For example, if you look at people who choose organic foods versus those who don't, they tend to be higher income. They tend to be more health conscious. They probably have greater access to those foods. And so these are important things that are difficult to completely eliminate in this research. And so there's not really any clear evidence that individuals who are choosing organic have these significant differences in health outcomes. There's also other studies where they'll take people and they'll feed them uh, completely organic and then completely conventional for like a week or two weeks. And then they'll measure pesticide residues and they'll report that pesticide residues went down. I was highly convinced by one of these studies in my early 20s or mid 20s because I saw someone share it. It was very compelling to me. But as I read more, I realized that they were just measuring conventional pesticides. So if you switch to organic, of course, you're not going to be exposed to those conventional pesticides. But if they were just measuring organic pesticides and they did the same thing and they had people switch from organic to conventional and all they measured were, was organic pesticides, we would have seen a reduction in organic pesticides and it would have made it look like conventional produce is healthier. So we have to, we, we just don't have great data on this. And this is the challenge here is like, there's not a very clear indication that yes, these are better. There's suggestive data, as I mentioned, you know, a little bit more nutrients, a little bit lower pesticide residues. These large population studies seem to show minor benefit, but the reality is that it's just not very clear. And this is the challenge that I have with a lot of the communication around this topic is there's a lot of people saying you have to buy organic. If you don't buy organic, you're not going to be healthy. And they're really scaring people out of eating perfectly healthy produce. And this is just problematic in my opinion. And so the health effects, they were reviewed in a 2020 study. This study is called a systematic review of organic versus conventional food consumption. And then is there a measurable benefit to human health? So I have a blog post on this topic. So I have put a lot more detail into the blog post about these specific studies and with links to the studies. So you can check that out in the show notes. I recommend doing that if you want to read more about this topic, if you you know just want to try to understand it better, see what the research shows. But as I mentioned, it's, it's a lot of gray area, unfortunately. And the next thing I want to discuss is grass-fed beef. Um, so there was a study it was published in 2022 called Fatty Acid Composition of Grain and Grass-Fed Beef and Their Nutritional Value and Health Implication. And this compared grass-fed to grain-fed beef. And one of the things you often hear is that, you know, grass-fed beef has more omega-3 fatty acids. And this study confirmed that. In omega-3 fatty acids, there was 16 milligrams per about a serving of beef, higher ALA, which is, we I discussed omega-3 fatty acids in a previous episode. I'll link that in the show notes as well, but I recommend checking that out. 16 milligrams is extremely small. Like that's 
one one hundredth of what you get from two tablespoons of flaxseed, less than that. So this is a marginal difference. It's more, and what a lot of people will do is they'll say, grass-fed beef has three times as much omega-3 fatty acids. What they don't tell you is that three times as much is still an insignificant amount. Three times as much is almost nothing. It's still almost nothing. And this is the challenge with the way that the communication is around grass-fed beef and versus grain-fed is a lot of people use these percentages of saying, oh, there's this much percentage more of omega-3 fatty acids, but the reality is beef is not a good source of omega-3 fatty acids, period. I, that's why you didn't hear me discuss beef in the omega-3 episode because it's just not a good source. And so this is just misleading for people to say, you know, it has this much percent more fatty acids. The nutritional differences between grass-fed and grain-fed beef are marginal and, again, largely depend on where that cow is and how, what they're fed and the composition of the feed. And, and it varies dramatically from place to place and from you know, source to source. So important to note there, the differences are marginal. So if you're going and purchasing beef and you're like, oh, I feel like I have to get grass-fed, but it's twice as much, may not be worth it. And the other thing is that you know, with this, oftentimes the grass-fed beef the, the options are limited. So for me, for example, I typically choose, you know, a leaner ground beef. And if I forced myself to purchase grass-fed because, or if I felt like I had to because I heard some information online, all they offer is 80-20. And so I'd be getting a much higher saturated fat composition. I'd be getting, you know, more, and we've talked about saturated fat a couple of episodes ago as well, which can potentially have a negative impact on health. And if I felt like I had to buy grass-fed, I would be kind of forced into making that choice instead of purchasing a leaner beef. So this is something, you know, make this decision based on the price, based on the options that are available to you because the nutritional differences are marginal. So if they're, you know, if, if the grass-fed beef is $6 and the grain-fed beef is $5.50, yeah, probably go with the grass-fed. But if there's a larger difference in your case, you know, that matters to you from a financial standpoint, then it's perfectly fine to go with the grain-fed beef. And one of the things that I see around this, people say, you know, the only reason, you know, people think beef is unhealthy is because they're looking at grain-fed and not grass-fed. And this is not the case at all. This is so misleading. Like the differences between grass-fed and grain-fed are marginal. Now, if you want to purchase grass-fed for ethical reasons, because you you like to support farms that are doing, you know, or ranches that are that are specifically trying to give the cow a better quality of life and you are buying it locally and things like that, that is great. That's a good reason to spend more money, in my opinion, as opposed to the nutritional differences. If you're looking at just nutrition, it's, it's not worth it if it's going to be significantly higher. If it's a marginal difference, probably worth it. But if it's significantly higher, I wouldn't recommend it. And if it causes you to have to go from choosing a lean ground beef to a fattier ground beef because that's all that's available, then go with the lean ground beef and stick with the grain-fed. I don't purchase grass-fed. I used to. I used to purchase all of this. I used to purchase organic. I used to purchase grass-fed. My grocery bill was quite high. I thought I had to until I started reading this research. Last thing I want to talk about are eggs. Eggs, very similar to beef. There are higher levels of carotenoids, which like beta-carotene, this is a vitamin A precursor. 
This is a nutrient and there are higher levels. That's what gives like the, the pastured eggs like a more orange color. These are higher in like pastured and cage-free eggs as opposed to like barn and caged eggs. However, the differences again are marginal. And same with omega-3s. Like the omega-3 content of eggs is almost non-existent. It's higher in pastured eggs, significantly higher. You could say like three or four times higher, just like they do with, and I've heard people do this with eggs too. Like there's so much more omega-3 fatty acids. There is, relatively speaking, but there's still almost none. And this doesn't justify purchasing eggs from a, specifically from a nutritional standpoint. Again, if you want to support these farms because they're providing a higher quality of life for these animals, and this is important to you, and that's why you want to spend extra money, then I, I'm fully on board with that. But from a nutritional standpoint, it's probably not worth it. So a quick summary of all of the information that we discussed today. Number one, produce is a little bit more nutritious if you're purchasing organic and it has slightly lower pesticide residues. Is it worth major differences in cost? Probably not. If, you're, if you have unlimited financial resources, yeah, then probably buy all organic. But if you're on a budget and spending significantly more money on your grocery bill each week by purchasing only organic is financially straining for you, then don't do it. It's perfectly fine, perfectly nutritious. You're perfectly safe going with the conventional options. Same with grass-fed beef. There's minor differences in nutrition. There's minor differences in nutrition with eggs. If you want to support local farms or you want to support farms that are giving more humane conditions to their animals. I'm all for that. Definitely recommend that if that's a value for you to spend that extra money. But in the case that you're simply looking at it from a nutritional standpoint, it often isn't worth it. So you got to look at the cost differences and make decisions based on your unique circumstances, but don't feel like you have to buy organic everything. I see this message so often so damaging because it's causing people to spend a lot of extra money that they may not have and be financially strained, potentially eat less produce, and that is not the way to better health. And conventionally grown food is safe. Eating more fruits and vegetables, regardless of if they're conventionally grown or organically grown, is going to be beneficial to your health. So make that your priority. And then if you have the extra resources to spend the extra money on organic and you choose to do that, great, but don't feel like you have to. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. Hope you all have a great week and we will talk soon. 